Insight and Awareness Spiritual Explorer. Soul Intuitive, Emotional and Spiritual Mentor and Award-winning Author, Lorraine Nylon. guest today is Debbie Silk and she is the founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute and is a holistic psychologist, health and mindset, personal development expert and has an expertise on how to recover from betrayal. So I love that you made that your, your actual thing that you nailed into because that affects so many of us. And she is the author of Trust Again, the Rebuild Roadmap, and a number one bestseller is The Unshakable Woman. So we've got lots of questions for you, Debbie, and you can also find Debbie's podcast, which is going uh, really well, and it's Betrayal to Breakthrough. So thank you, Debbie, for spending some time with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, looking forward to our conversation. And I, I need to update the bio because we have uh, um, the uh, From Hardened to Healed book was uh, Amazon number one bestseller. Since. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, so how, many books have you, how many books have you got out? Uh, seven. Yeah, brilliant. That's good. So you sort of niched down on betrayal. So can you tell us how you got into making that what you became an expert in? Absolutely. You know, I don't think anybody says, you know, I think I want to niche down and study betrayal. No, you do it because you have to. So it's, I've been in business over 30 years and it was health and then mindset and then personal development. And then I had a really painful betrayal from my family, thought I did everything I needed to do to heal from that. And then it happened a few years later, this time it was my husband. That was the deal breaker. So I got him out of the house and, and here he was, four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. And I was like, you know, I, a book isn't going to help me get out of this jam. I need some real help. So I actually would maybe not what everybody else would do, but I enrolled in a PhD program mm-hmm. and it was in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential, because I was changing so much. I didn't quite understand. He was too, wasn't ready to look at that, but I wanted a deep dive into this topic. And then it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us? physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive. That study, I was really just looking to learn, but that study led to three uh, groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my family, my work, my life. Brilliant. So can you explain what you discovered? Because there wouldn't be a person on the planet that hasn't experienced some form of betrayal. Exactly. The degrees change, but when it's that earth-shattering life crisis sort of portrayal, it turns your world upside down. Mm-hmm. What is it we need to know? Yeah, well, the, the and it is the three discoveries. The first being just really to what you mentioned, betrayal is a different type of trauma. I had a feeling it was, but I, I didn't want to assume. Uh, you know, I had been through death of a loved one, disease. Natu- you know, and, and, but I was wondering if others who had been through, let's say, a natural disaster or disease or death of someone they love, if they've been through betrayal as well, if it felt different. Unanimously, they said it's so different. And here's why. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the entire, the whole self gets shattered and has to be rebuilt. Rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust. They're all destroyed and have to be rebuilt. So with other traumas, you have to rebuild your life. 
with, you don't have to, that's the invitation, yeah. with betrayal, you rebuild your life and you rebuild yourself. So I coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation, the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after an experience with betrayal. So the first discovery was that betrayal is in fact a different type of trauma. Yeah, well it is, you know what I mean? Like if you have a death, we have we have an, an understanding that there's a, there's a cycle of life. If you're born, you're gonna die somewhere. Um, none of us want that to happen to our loved ones. So yeah, we get shocked and we go through a grieving process. But betrayal is intentional because it's, it's, it's broke our trust. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and with, and like, for example, if you lose someone you love, you don't, you don't question the love. You don't, you don't question your ability to trust. You don't question your sanity, you know, <laughs> as you do and all of that. So that was the first, the second, you want me to get into the second one? Yeah, go for it. Sure. Yeah. The second discovery was that there's actually this collection of symptoms physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal, it's known as post-betrayal syndrome. So we've had 95,000 people or so take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling. And what's so interesting is um, we've all heard time heals all wounds. Mm. I have the proof that when it yes. comes to betrayal, that's not true. Yeah. There's a, a question on the quiz that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like, my betrayal happened 35 years ago. And I'm just not willing to trust. My betrayal happened 10 years ago. Feels like it happened yesterday. So we know that you cannot count on time and you cannot count on even a new relationship to heal it. Mm. Healing needs to be deliberate and intentional, which is all about the third uh, discovery. But I'm, uh, every few months I pull the stats from the quiz to see where people are. Happy to share them if you want to hear some. Yeah, I'm interested, very interested. Yeah. So imagine just about every country's represented, men, women, out of out of all of them, 70, 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. 94% deal with painful triggers. I mean, it, it's just huge. The most common physical symptoms, 71% have low energy. 68% have sleep issues. 63% have extreme fatigue. So you could go to sleep, wake up, you're exhausted. Your adrenals have tanked. 47% have weight changes. So in the beginning, maybe you can't hold food down. Later on, you're emotionally eating. 45% have a digestive issue. And that could be anything. Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, you name it. The most common mental symptoms. 78% are overwhelmed. 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief. 68% can't focus. 64% are in shock. 62% can't concentrate. So just mm -hmm. imagine that. You can't concentrate. You have a gut issue. You're exhausted. <laughs> yeah, and you happening. haven't even started your day. <laughs> right? You still yeah, have to yeah. raise your kids. You still have to, you know, go to work. That's not even the emotional ones. Emotionally, 88% experience extreme sadness. 83% are really angry. And, and, you know, you just bounce back and forth between those yeah. two all day long. 80% um, have anxiety. 79% are stressed. Just a few more. Here's why I wrote trust again. 84% have an inability to trust. That just got me. 67% prevent themselves from forming new relationships because in deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. Yeah. Well, it's funny because with my clientele, most of them talk about being stuck where 
they no longer trust their own judgment, discernment and ability to assess whether someone is trustworthy or not. And then I would sort of flip it and go, well, hang on, come back and see if you can trust yourself to cope with it if they do disappoint you Mm -hmm. because, you know, the idea is for you to heal but really understand that healing process so that you know if you end up there again, you've got the tools to, to help yourself build back up. Because betrayal will always knock you down. Oh, well, the the difference is, though, and that's the third discovery. When you have the tools, you move through it so much more quickly and you don't attract those those same people. When you truly move completely through the experience, you don't repeat betrayal is a sign of an unhealed betrayal. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's 100%. And and you mentioned trust. Is and, it, and what, oh, sorry, can I jump in there? Is that Do you think that's because that they're trying to reset their trust and they ignore all the red flags? So why why do you think that's a repeat? It's it's uh, when the healing work hasn't done, when we, the third discovery is that there are five stages that we will go through if we are to fully heal. Most people stop in stage three. The repeat betrayals, the lack of trust happens in stage three. That's where most people stay and land and just stay there. And what's happening is there, you know what, if, if I go through the stages, I can yeah. see yeah, no, it clearly. Would that help? Yeah, brilliantly. Okay. And I just want just to wrap up the second discovery. Those stats you heard me read are super high. You didn't hear me say 20%, 30%. Mm. We're also not necessarily from a recent betrayal. So that's the parent who did something awful when you were a kid. That's the, the, the boyfriend, girlfriend who broke your heart in high school. That person may not know, care, remember. They may not even be alive. And here we are with symptoms because we haven't intentionally healed. The good news is we can heal from all of it, which yeah. is a third discovery. So this for me was the most exciting. And what was discovered was while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and most people do, if we're going to fully heal, and when I say fully heal, I mean those symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome that I just shared to that completely rebuilt place of post-betrayal transformation. We're going to move through five proven predictable stages. Yeah. And what's even more exciting about that is we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every one of those stages. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. So healing is entirely predictable. Happy to share the stages if you want to hear them. I want to hear them. I do want to hear them. (laughs) They're all mapped out in trust again. It's what all of our coaches are certified in. It's all we do within the PBT Institute. Here's a, a summary. Stage one is before it happens. And if you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everybody, me too, was a heavy lean on the physical and the mental, thinking and doing. We're so good at that. And kind of neglecting and ignoring the emotional and the spiritual feeling in being. Well, if a table only has two legs, it is easy for that table to topple over. That's us. Stage two, shock, trauma, D-Day, discovery Mm. day. By far the scariest of all of the stages. And this is the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. So right here, you've ignited the stress response. You're now headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Mm -hmm. Your mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind around this, what you've just learned. This makes no sense. And your worldview 
has just been shattered. Your worldview is your mental model. The rules that govern you that prevent chaos don't go there. This is how life works. And in one, trust this person, and in one earth-shattering moment, every rule you've been holding to be real and true is no longer. Yeah. The bottom has truly bottomed out on you. And yeah. the new bottom hasn't been formed yet. So it's terrifying. Yeah. Scariest stage. But think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You grab hold of anything or anyone to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three. Survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. You know, if you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this experience? Where do I go? Who can I trust? How do I feed my kids? Here's the trap though. Stage three, by far, hands down, is the most common place we get stuck. And I would venture to say most of your clients are in stage three. Mm. And, and here's why. And, and that's why I wrote From Hard to Heal. It is just for stage three. I'm like, you've been through the worst of it already. Don't stop there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've done the hard yards. Yeah. So, so what happens here is for, we get stuck. Four things happen. The reason we get stuck here is the first thing is it because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where we just came from, we think it's good. And because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we plant roots here. We park here. We're not supposed to, but we don't know that. And then those four things start to happen. The first one is we start getting all those small self benefits, you know, secondary gain. We get to be right. We get our story. We yeah. love our story. Yeah. We, you know, we get sympathy from everyone we tell our story to. We, yeah. we get to be right. You know, that we like that, you know, we don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Can I trust you? Should I trust you? I forget it. I'm just going to put the big wall up and not trust anybody. <laughs> we, right. So we plant deeper roots. We're yeah. not supposed to, but we don't know that now because we're here longer than we should be. The mind starts doing things like, well, you know, maybe you're not that great. Maybe, maybe this, maybe, maybe you're not, you know, maybe you caused it, maybe whatever. And so we plant deeper roots. Yeah. Now, because we're here longer than we should be, and these are the thoughts we're thinking, well, this is the energy we're putting out. Like energy attracts like energy. So now we start attracting people and circumstances and relationships. Here's where repeat betrayal happens right here. Towards us to confirm, yep, this is exactly where we belong. The misery loves company crowd, now they find you. That support group that keeps you stuck, you find it, and we will actually... People actually sabotage their healing because now they found their people and they don't want to outgrow their group. You know, yeah. it gets worse, but I'll get you out of here because <laughs> it feels so bad, yeah. but we don't know there's anywhere else to go right here. We resign ourselves. We're like, this stinks, but I mean, I have to, I have to get through my day. So right here is where we start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, anything to yeah. numb, avoid and distract ourselves from this painful place. So think about it. We do it for a day, a week, a month now to have it a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can see someone 20 years later and say that emotional eating that you're doing or that numbing in front of the TV. Do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy. They would say it happened 20 years ago. All they did was put themselves in stage three and just stay there. Does that yeah. make sense? No, it makes absolute sense. Absolute sense. Because yeah. they, they build an identity. And, and then what you, can, what you can see is when you're working with someone 
and I, we all do it like it's just it's a natural process is that we start protecting that identity in the story mm-hmm. even if we don't like it makes mm-hmm. no difference so and then we are going out and looking for things to feed that mm-hmm. uh, to reaffirm that we're we're right yeah justified and that's why you have people that are telling the same story for 20 years and mm-hmm. anyone that stops still for five minutes hears the same story so that's they're true. trying to feed that you know, like self-pity and and that disconnection within themselves. They're trying to feel it, but yeah. they're actually feeding the disconnection. Exactly. And mentally and emotionally, that, that's definitely a part of it, but it's physical too. Oh, because yeah. when that stress response is ignited and when it stays ignited, when you are living in a, in a, a state of chronic stress for, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, your body can't help to respond. So now all of a sudden there's this accelerated aging. You look in the mirror, you barely recognize yourself. There's weight gain, usually right around the middle. All of a sudden you're like, where'd this come from? There's a suppressed immune system. You're exhausted. You're losing your hair. Like so many of the physical things happen too. And then, and then we wind up just tamping down the symptoms or we can't sleep. So we take something for sleep. We go to the doctor who puts us on a mood stabilizer or anti-anxiety medication. Mm. And we're never getting to the root, which is an unhealed betrayal. Like for example, you heard me say 45% of everybody betrayed has a, has a gut issue. You can go to the most well-meaning, amazing, uh, gut experts on the planet. I'm friends with many of them. It's only going to take you so far because if the, uh, if the unhealed betrayal is not being worked through, we're suppressing symptoms at best. Yeah, for sure. And I always explain to people, it's like you're storing the hurt, mm-hmm. right? The, the, you know, so, so all the hurt and the trauma, you're actually storing it. And that that's think of it like a like an energy ball inside you, and, and it's got to leak out, and it's going to yes. affect all these other, you know, we're like a machine, all these different cogs that are meant to be working together. All of a sudden, some of us slowing down, some are going too fast, all the rest of it. So, exactly. but you're still sitting in the trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it affects your health, your work, your relationships. I could talk about how it does that. Can I get you out of stage three and into four and five? I'm interested. <laughs> I don't want to leave anybody in stage three. So if you're willing, willingness is a big word right here. If you're willing to let go of the small self benefits, grieve, mourn the loss, bunch of things you need to do. You move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo what happened, but I control what I do with it. Right there in that decision, you're turning down the stress response. You're not healing just yet, but at least you stop the massive damage that was being created in stages two and stage three. Stage four feels like if you've ever moved. If you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, your stuff's not all there. It's not quite cozy yet, but you're like, okay, we got this. We can do this. It feels like that. But what's so interesting about stage four is think about it. If you were to move, you don't bring everything with you. You don't bring the things that don't represent the version of you you want to be in that new space. And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you, there's this one spot in stage three, moving to stage four, where you've outgrown them. You don't take them with you. And people ask me all the time, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. If they don't rise, they don't come. Very common to change friendships, uh, leaving stage three and, and going into stage four. 
You don't take that misery loves company crowd with you. Uh, when you're, when you've, uh, made this mentally. Okay. You know, you've, you've settled into this space, you move into the fifth most beautiful stage, and this is healing rebirth and a new worldview. The body starts to heal self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise, things like that. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. Now you do. The mind is healing. You're making all kinds of new rules and boundaries based on the road you just traveled. And you have a new worldview based on everything you see so clearly now. And the four legs of that table in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Yeah, no, well, that, well that's impressive actually because that sort of sums up what people do if if they do it. Because what happens is I, you know, I when I track like up energy, see I'm a, a soul intuitive, so I read energy, right? But I'm very grounded, I must say, is that when people hit their first barrier, it's resistance, denial, avoidance and codependency. So that will keep you in those first three stages. Because yeah. and that's the barrier that you've got to get through, and you've got to be willing to take self responsibility. Like how how did I, you know, I say how'd you turn up for this dance? And none of us like to do that, you know. Like you know, I'm guilty of that myself. You know, is that is that we fight it, we you know, we do cartwheels to try and get away from it, and then eventually, if you are going to go, all right, this is this is for me now, then you'll start heading into that transformation. But you've got to get past that sense of trying to justify the blame and holding on to the victim mentality to actually come back and go, okay, I'm going to take responsibility for me. And, you know, you can leave the blame where it needs to be. The person that betrayed you, they betrayed you, full stop, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah they, they broke your trust, they were out of order. But that shows who they are. It's not a reflection well, of who you are. Exactly. And and that's the thing. And I'm not suggesting at all that the betrayal is your fault, but it is your opportunity. You know, there's a profound lesson waiting to be learned. You know, you are lovable, worthy, deserving. You need better boundaries in place, whatever it is. Mm. Until and unless you get that, you're going to have opportunities in the form of people to teach you. So, you know, these lessons are coming around for a very important reason. And, and betrayal really shows you, um, you know, in, a, in a, a few different ways, it shows you who someone truly is. It can also wake them up to who they temporarily became. And when yeah. that happens, it's, there's an opportunity. You don't have to do anything with it, but there's, there's definitely an opportunity there. Like, you know, just to, to close the loop on my story, rebuilding is always a choice, whether you rebuild yourself and move along. Uh, and that's what I did with my family. There wasn't anything to work with there. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, uh, you rebuild something entirely new from the ground up new with the person who hurt you. And that's what I did with my husband. So not long ago, as two totally pe different people, we married each other again. Right. Two house, new dress, <laughs> and our four kids, our bridal party. You know, but I think what, what I see so often is people are so afraid of the complete and utter death and destruction of the old. That's the only way the you birth the new. Yeah, true. That's After true. betrayal, you know, there's no patching up. It doesn't work. Yeah. You know. So. And and I'm just gonna jump in there, only because I work a lot with um people that have got narcissistic relationships, mm. is that you can do that kind of healing that you're talking about with someone that is being accountable 
for their actions and willing to do the work as well. You, When you're with a narcissist and they betray you, they're just going to line up and do it again and again and again and they're going to do it worse because they know they can get away with it or they're going to try and see how far they can push your limits. So be very careful when you're trying to work out whether the person you're with is someone that you can actually go on a, a, a transformational relationship journey. Yeah, and, and you'll know it, but with a narcissist, you have very little to work with there. You yeah, know. nothing. And, and we have, yeah, and with our, you know, all of our certified coaches within the BBC Institute, they all specialize in different things. And we have a coach who specializes in narcissism. And, and people come in and they're always, you know, it's classic what a narcissist will do. Mm-hmm. But they're always so, so shocked. And, and, you know, they, and they do, they take it so personally, but, and they, and the other thing is too, it's like, they never saw this coming. And I, I try to share with them. Well, of course you wouldn't, you don't operate that way. You can't think that way. That's a good thing. You don't know how to think that way. What you need to do though, is move through the stages so you can sniff that out from a mile away. That's the difference. When you're staying in stage three, it is more of the same. That is the only thing that you're going to, you can expect. Yeah, yeah. That, it's a different different world in stages four and stage five. And and the reality with betrayal too is it, it, it only occurs if, with people that you trust. Anyone you distrust, you don't class it as betrayal. You expected it. You've seen it coming. Yeah, right. So you know what I mean? That's what they do. A lion roars. There it goes. So That's when, why it hurts so much. Exactly. Yeah. So and it's and it, I always say when you sometimes when you look at your hurt, it's an indicator that something you thought couldn't happen just did. Yeah. And that's what throws people into the shock is because from my belief system, that wouldn't happen. And a lot of the time what I say, and I'm I'm guilty of this myself, is that I I assessed, used to assess people as, well, I'm doing this for you, so you would do that for me. I would never do that to you, so you would never do that to me. And a very naive way of thinking, but it took me a long time to come out of that naivety. And but it so we so our approach to our relationships comes from through our filter. Mm-hmm. So once it gets blown, all of a sudden you're standing in that that trauma shock of well, is everything I'm thinking wrong? And that's why it takes out our feet because you st- yeah. Exactly. But, you know, betrayal also lends itself to creating an entirely new identity. You, t- you take all the parts you love and you leave behind everything that no longer serves. And, and, you know, we see people in stage four and stage five, they are, they're barely recognizable to themselves compared to their, their old self. That's where there's a new, uh, new levels of health, new, um, new relationships with the person who hurt them on a very different level or with someone entirely new. That's where new businesses are birthed too. I had a, uh, a mm-hmm. retreat not long ago for my high level group uh, that the goal is six, is through stage five in six months. So we went, I, I, it was 11 of them. One had COVID, she couldn't come. And four out of the 11 started new businesses within the six months. And you say, well, you know, it seems so odd, but it's really not when you move some, through something so painful, truly reconstruct yourself, you're like, well, wow, if I can do that, what else can I do? And that's when it gets really fun. Yeah, and, and I think 
One of the things for people to remember is that, like I hear a lot, oh, because of um, the betrayal or abuse or, you know, however they want to frame it depending on their situation, is, you know, I hear people say, oh, I should thank them for that because I've ended up here. And I always correct it because I always go, no, you thank yourself because from that situation you rebuilt or you did the work to transform yourself to where you are today. So you exactly. don't give the credit to the person that betrayed you. you. You you pull it all to yourself because you're the one that did the work. And you, and I hear that a lot, you know, sometimes, well, you um, sometimes in spiritual beliefs too you hear, you know, you've got to be grateful and, and all the rest of it. No, be grateful for you because yeah. you took that as an opportunity. I completely agree with you in that, yes, you get the credit for the complete transformation and everything that happened because of it. But I also feel like that betrayal was the reason why you went through everything you had to go through to become so healthy, healed, strong, confident. And it wouldn't have, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to become this version of you, that stage five version of you, had the experience not happened. That's where, you know, that's yeah. where I see it as. I'm, I'm still not nearly evolved enough to go thanking the person who, who hurts us, but <laughs> well, I see what you mean. Well, it's interesting because how do, you, how do you sit with the word forgiveness? Because, you know, I, I look at forgiveness as many, many different ways that you perceive forgiveness. So where, where do you sit with the word forgiveness? Yeah, you know, it's, it, it has a very important place but not, but at the right time, we see it so often where people just, they're, they're conditioned to believe that they're just supposed to forgive and they mm -hmm. forgive too early and it backfires every time. Um, or as far as, you know, whatever different religions promote, well, just forgive. And, and they, and the, and the person who's betrayed just feels so unheard. And so, um, it's just, they feel so wronged and so alone because there's no, um, there's no change there. So I remember reading a study when I was doing mine and it was, if you feel safe and valued and you forgive, you feel better. If you do not feel safe and valued and you forgive, you feel worse. And in trust again, I wrote about it and I kicked it up a notch and I said, what would happen if we replaced the word forgiveness with reconciliation, for example? If you feel safe and valued and you reconcile, you feel better. If you do not feel safe and valued and you reconcile, you feel worse. Because, you know, we've heard this. Forgiveness is for us. But, uh, you know, I personally, I thought it was going to be one big grand ta-da moment. Nope. <laughs> it's, you know, layers and stages and forgiveness. Forgiveness is just a word until you do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so I always sort of, I suppose, I always come at it like forget forgiveness come at acceptance. No, oh, definitely. I, yeah, I see people struggle to accept the reality of it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, let's let's get our head around the actual reality and, you know, the ugliness of this own, you know, like get in there and look at it and see it and, and own all those red flags that you ignored previously. Ignore and also never ignore where you were, you know, where you were in, within yourself and, and maybe that person took you there if we're talking narcissism or, or leftover from childhood abuse and things like that. But it's like let's get to that part of accepting reality and then you can work out later on if, if forgiveness is somewhere you want to go. So, yeah. 
Yeah, we teach, we teach that as well, that acceptance is a great step before forgiveness because uh, um, it's it's got to be one of those things that you're you're ready for and it is it is for you you're releasing the power that all that pain has um you know it doesn't mean you're setting yourself up for for the same thing again it doesn't mean you're you know condoning it softy whatever whatever you label yourselves that's not it at all it truly is for you but yeah acceptance is a great way to go first and do you think that the biggest problem we have is for, um, forgiving ourselves for putting ourselves in that situation or, you know, loving the wrong person or, yeah. yeah a, a lot of people have a really hard time with uh, self-forgiveness and, uh, and self-betrayal as well. You know, it's, uh, those are two really big ones. But, you know, these are also s- such destructive emotions physically too. You know, so there's, there's so much to it. But, you know, if you're the betrayed, you are doing, you, you are living according to the rules of the spoken or unspoken rules of that relationship, abiding mm. by those rules without any indication at all that the person on the other end was breaking those rules. So, you know, to, to withhold forgiveness for yourself for just abiding by the, the agreement, I don't, you know, that's, that's a very not, good point. Right. It's not fair yeah. to you for the betrayer. You know, when they're stuck in their shame, they're of no use and value to anybody. We also have a program for the betrayer and not for the narcissist because they just don't even think they did anything wrong. But for the ones who realize, oh, my gosh, I blew up my life and I just shattered the heart and trust of the very person or the very people that love me and count on me and that I love and that I that I, that I count on. So for them, it's a very different experience, but, but one of the most common uh, emotions they have is shame. Yeah, yeah. And that shame doesn't help. So they have to, uh, you know, bring light and honor to that shame. They have a lot of the self-forgiveness to do. But self-forgiveness is easy when you're going the distance and doing everything humanly possible to right the wrong. And if you can't do it with the person you hurt, paying it forward in whatever way you can. Um, And that helps with self-forgiveness. So the, so the people that are coming, that are the betrayers to your cause, you know, that means they're taking accountability, otherwise they wouldn't turn up. What's their main reason for doing the betrayal in the first place? Yeah, they, you know, they, well, the reason why they're coming into the program is they're ready to become someone they're proud of. They're yeah. just done showing up as someone who betrays. They don't like who they've been. They don't like how they've hurt the ones they love and they're, and they're ready and they they take it seriously. There's no shaming or blaming, but we're, we're giving them everything they need to truly to heal themselves. And then if the opportunity is there, heal their relationships. And it's interesting because I, I have a group call with all of them and they are Sitting, I give them the playbook, what to say, what not to say, what to do, what not to do. And they're writing feverishly. (laughs) They take it seriously. And very often we'll have a couple come in. One will do a program for the betrayed. One does a program for the betrayer. They both do the work and show up up here. So, Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, and where where does the self-sabotage sit in this? Like, you know, because I see... I see people like I do a lot with um, childhood abuse victims and narcissistic relationships, but and also people yeah. that are just feeling lost. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. So, 
And and what I can see sometimes is I see people really making great headways and you and you and you're excited for them. You know, things are starting to fall into place. And then all of a sudden they'll disappear or they'll they'll start heading down that path of um, turning on themselves again. And you're you're actually in that sabotage, but how do you actually deal with the sabotage of yourself? Yeah, that's when the mind takes over and and pulls us right down. You know, self-sabotage, that's such a common, there's such a common link uh, between betrayal and self-betrayal. When you know someone or something is not in your best interest and Mm. you keep going back for more, you know, whether it's those cookies, that person, the alcohol, mm-hmm. whatever, that's, that's self-sabotage. And there's, there's, um, there are so many reasons for it. It's the, the familiar known of staying stuck. And there's a big risk in, actually, I did two TEDx talks. This is my first one was about sabotaging yourself. And it's really if you, if you truly do, let's say, lose that weight, achieve that goal, whatever it is, what happens to the people around us? It creates a shakeup. People don't like the people around us. They don't like change. So what we'll do subconsciously is sabotage ourselves. So we don't rock the boat. So we don't shake things up. So we stay with the familiar known. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I had to pull myself up. I used to I, I could observe myself, someone had give me a compliment and then I would match it with all these things of pulling myself apart or whatever they complimented me on. Go, oh, yeah, but. And then mm. I was like, oh, my God, look at you. But it, And then it was like that that was off betrayal as well because it, what I was trying to do is go, well, I don't want you to think that I'm in competition. I don't want to set myself up that you will think it's okay to attack me. So... I'd attack myself first. Mm-hmm. So when you think about it, you go, "What's that about?" You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and and you and you know, like when I've tracked it down, it, it's a it's a misconception creating a protection mechanism that protects you from nothing because you're actually yeah. feeling it already. You're already feeling the hurt. You're just doing it yourself. We're That's trying it. to create. It's like- I'll reject myself so I don't have to take the chance that you'll reject me. <laughs> <laughs> so I always say emotions are never logical. <laughs> yeah. It's so brilliant though when you think about it. Oh, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. So I want to ask you the big question. So what mm-hmm. does humanity need to acknowledge and understand for us to evolve? Oof, I, that's such a great question. We're all in this together. I mean, we could we could do this work together and, and love and support each other, or we could just continue to rip each other apart and drag each other down. But wherever it is we're going, it would just be so much nicer and harmonious if we could just love and support each other. I mean, think about it. Something like betrayal, it shouldn't even be. I mean, I live by the most simple rule. If it's going to hurt someone, don't do it, period. Yeah. Like. And I'm shocked and amazed that other people don't have that same role. Like to me, it's a no brainer. Just stop hurting each other and let's work together. Yeah, that's a, that's a good answer. And it is fascinating that you, that simple rule would change so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If, if we yeah. just all applied to that. So when we are looking at 
betrayal and we're trying to numb out, what happens to those people when they have numbed out so far that they're completely disassociated from themselves? Yeah. There's no healing. There's no growth. They're stuck. They're just stuck, yeah. you know, and, and that's where they stay because it's, it, you know, the, the, the challenge with that as well, let's say, let's say I'll just use a random example, a, a husband and wife and he betrays and he leaves and she's so distraught. She starts numbing out in whatever method of choice. And let's say she has kids. Hmm. What are those kids learning? What are they seeing? You know, but if they were to see their mom and their dad, you know, best case scenario, if they were to see the work she would embark on to simply move through the stages, because there's a roadmap now. Yeah. If she were to just do that saying, hey, you know, I'm not going to be firing at my best, but I'm doing the best I can. And you've seen me crash and you're going to see me rise. So give me a little bit of a pass. But, you know, the dissociation I'm, doesn't help anybody. No, it doesn't. So, and what's your best advice? If you're with someone that is in the crash, what's, mm -hmm. what's, what can you do if, you're, if it's a friend or a family member or, or your child or, or yeah. what, what can you do originally at the beginning to help them? Yeah, it's, you know, that's, that's, they're in stage two. Their, their mind has been hijacked. It's, it's completely offline. So trying to make logical rational sense is going to be, it's going to be tricky. The only logic comes in with the basics, you know, make sure they have the basics because they could be so distraught. They don't even know their partner changed the locks or took all the money or whatever. It could be so crazy. But after that, just, just be there, be there. Don't, don't judge, you know, and just be there. And, and the, the person who's been betrayed is feeling besides just so much pain from their experience, they're feeling so much shame and they're mm. so embarrassed. And so often, you know, and my study even showed this, we protect the betrayer at our own expense, because let's say that the, they're very well received. They're very, everybody loves them. So we keep, we struggle and suffer in silence. And that's, that's such a huge mistake. So just be there, don't judge and just, keep showing up brilliant brilliant advice. direct them to us where we can help them <laughs> <laughs> good advice <laughs> all right so would you like to play flip the book i'd love to two okay so there's three books so would you like book one two or three i know you can't see them i can't so see them uh book two book two okay so that's actually what i refer to as breaking free from the chains of silence and we only use the back of the book because it's a book for abuse victims but the back of the book is written about your soul so mm -hmm. it gives you the what we refer to as your core essence so essences that are important to you that it means something to you so it'll be interesting to see where we go so mm -hmm. can you give me a number between 189 and 215 189 and 215. 189 and two. 199. Okay, so you got one, two, three. You got four paragraphs to pick from. Would you, which one would you like? Four. Four. Okay, so it comes under the, the heading hope. All right, so, so hope is important for you. So as, as a part of your soul, one of the strong energies you've got is hope. 
So hope is unconditional love for your own courage and optimism, which can be difficult when you feel demoralized or believe you are helpless or damaged. Your soul's consciousness is never damaged. Just your awareness is corrupted when you feel impaired. When you lose awareness of the truth of your soul and feel overwhelmed by the experience of life, despair can reside where hope used to dwell. Mm. Hope, yeah, hope inspires and creates prospects. When you lose hope, instead of having a panoramic view of yourself and your potential, you congest your perception of yourself with your past fears, hurts and disappointments. This causes you to be depleted of opportunities and can leave you wallowing in despair and your own indifference towards yourself. Sounds like stage one, two and three. (laughs) (laughs) So that, yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? You know, it's, it's, it's so powerful because it's, it's like, I, I have, and I'm only going to be honest with you. I have such a need and it's such a desire to help so many people. And the last few people I've been speaking with, they're just not willing to do the work. And it, it, and I know it's not about me and all that other stuff, but I, I take it so personally because I know what's waiting for them through the stages yeah. and, and to see them leave a conversation justifying the reason to stay in stage three. And then, and I, so then I go with that and I just get frustrated and, and yeah. And that doesn't, it doesn't help anybody. So you need to hold on to your hope. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Because that's your courage, you know? So, so, so when you, and it keeps your optimism, it's like, I always look at it when, because I'm a bit full on, like when, when you have sessions with me, don't, don't worry, I'm, I nurture you through, but you're going to look at the stuff that you don't want to look at. And that's always hard. It's really yeah. hard. And then, you know, so, so some people, you know, they can be standing in front of you and going, that was one of the best sessions I've ever had. And then later on I've heard what they've said when they've gone away from me and I think that's completely different to what they said. Yeah. And I re- where I come to is that it's the, that conversation and that, that the work that we have already done is like the seed. And when they're ready to water it, it may not be with me, but that will take them somewhere that they need to go to to grow so because I, I feel that that's what life's about it's about mm-hmm. us having these experiences i call them reconnaissance and then it'll break us down or it'll throw our worlds upside down or it doesn't have to be so savage as well and that mm-hmm. gives us the opportunity to look what's stored in our system and what patterns we have that don't serve our i refer to it as our soul so mm-hmm. So for Beautiful. you, hope hope is important. So that's what you've worked. That's what you've worked on. That's what you. That's what you're showing people when they come near yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, and that's a gift. Yeah, when you when you've got someone that, especially when you when you have had betrayal, if you're not feeling supported, and a lot of people wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like they're coming to you because they're looking for support because mm-hmm. there's no support network around them. 
and it, and it's really interesting. I call I always refer to it like blood in the water, and there's a shark around. Is that mm-hmm. I've seen so many people hit those major pockets in life, and then people take that as an opportunity to come at them and to mm-hmm. offload some resentments that they've had or to stand there and go, you know, the point the finger, I told you so, I'm right, I'm right, you're wrong. And it's like they take, you know, that's why I call it this blood in the water, you know, they're taking that opportunity. So if there's places where they can go to that they feel supported and nurtured and not not just sort of patted on the shoulder and going, you're all right, okay, here's what we can do, here's a roadmap, all right, start the journey so that's a gift (laughs) yeah that's what we're trying to help them with because some of them have been in therapy for years we have so many people coming into the pbt institute with therapy trauma because if anything glues you to stage three it's endlessly going over your story without a a plan to move forward yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah yeah, definitely yeah in one of my books it's not it's not released yet but i talk about this lady that I won't bore you with the whole story, but she she came and she was going to a, a counsellor for 15 years every Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock and she just repeated the story. I said, well, what have you, you know, no, no offence to the counsellor, but what are you doing? And she just said, oh, no, I've got to offload it. I was like, oh, my God, 15 years saying exactly the same thing. Yeah. That's a sad, I mean, that's sad. That's it. That was struggle with betrayal for 15 years. Let's get it over. I mean, the, at working with me at the high level, it's six months. It's like, what's waiting for you in stage five? What are you playing around with stage three for? So it's just, <laughs> when I see people making that choice, knowing that there's an option, I just, I just don't get it. Yeah. About, yeah. It's, it's understanding it. You see, you're coming yeah. from a point of understanding and when they're in it, they're in it. So exactly. yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for being part of the podcast. I've enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much.